You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello, I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Disney Plus Cheese, a podcast where two childless men in their 20s talk about films on Disney Plus with a cynical eye. How are you doing today, Andrew? I am actually doing quite well. That's good. How are you doing? I've been feeling really sleepy. In fact, I touched this like this like prick of like a spinning wheel, and now now I'm asleep. A spinning wheel? Uh, I'm pretty sure we burned all the spinning wheels back in the Great Purge of uh, spinning wheels. Well, fuck you! It came back together. I flicked my finger. Fuck you! When when President Donald Trump decreed that all spinning wheels be burned, they be put in cages. No, no, no! They gotta be put in cages. But we're we're burning the spinning wheels. My daughter <laughs> is gonna die to a spinning wheel. We're burning them all. She gotta be I sixteen. See, my Trump eventually becomes Kennedy. Is the thing. They're they're kind of the same accent, to be honest with you. So like shitty New Yorker. Either way, today we're talking about Sleeping Beauty, guys. Yeah, I, we had to talk about one of these classic old Disney uh, ones eventually, right? <laughs> yeah, we we they're all on there, so we gotta talk about them. Sleeping Beauty is a 1959 American animated musical fantasy film produced by the Walt Disney Company based on The Sleeping Beauty by Charles Perrault. The 16th Disney animated feature film, it was released in theaters on January 29th, 1959 by Buena Vista Distribution. This was the last Disney adaptation of a fairy tale for some years because of its initial mixed critical reception and underperformance at the box office. The studio did return to the genre genre about 33 years later about 33 ah fuck about 30 years later <laughs> did you forget how to talk jess <laughs> i did i did uh, the studio did not return to the genre until 30 years later after walt disney died in 1966 with the release of the little mermaid in 1989 it features the voices of mary costa eleanor aldry verna felton barbara luddy Barbara Jo Allen, Bill Shirley, Taylor Holmes, and Bill Thompson. The film is directed by Les Clark, Eric Larson, and Wolfgang Reitherman, under the supervision of Clyde Geronimi. Geronimi? <laughs> Those are fucking messes of names. The musical score and songs of the film were featuring the work of the Symphony Orchestra under the direction of George Burns, and arrangements of the Sleeping Beauty Ballet by... 
Tchaikovsky. Unlike previous film adaptations, this was the first Disney feature film that did not have the same background animation material, but instead with brand new background animation material. So they aren't reusing for this film. Well, not reusing background material. Yes. Um, Sleeping Beauty was the first animated film to be photographed in the super technorama widescreen 70 millimeter process, as well as the second full length animated feature film to be filmed in anamorphic widescreen following Disney's own Lady and the Tramp four years earlier. The film was presented in super technorama 70 and six channel stereophonic sound in first run engagements. And that's why this film looks a lot more cinematic than most Disney films. Most early Disney films. Uh, I'd say then a lot of their later animated work, too. Really? Okay. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it looks about the same as some of the later stuff. All right. So what do you think of Sleeping Beauty, Andrew? This is both yours and my first time really watching this. And the story is extremely underwhelming. <laughs> um, and it's honestly a little bizarre watching something that is so dated as far as like the politics of the movie itself does that make sense no explain it to me okay um who is the main character of this movie is it um i'd say it's the three witches yeah the three little fairy girls the sleeping beauty character is literally just kind of carted around by everyone else in the whole movie (laughs) um it is literally, I would say, an object. Like, this is the closest I've ever seen to one of the main characters just being an object. Um, she doesn't do anything. <laughs> At all. She she sings some pretty songs and dances and stuff. Like, she's there. She does oh, yeah, things. yeah, she, she looks pretty, and then she falls asleep, and then we don't see her till the end of the movie, and then they get married. Which is, it's an arranged wedding as well. Uh, one of one of the good things that happens is they don't have to cancel the arranged marriage. <laughs> That's the best thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. It just feels like a politically extremely dated. Um, and usually, I don't care that much about that type of thing, but this one was a little bit, a little much, I think. Now, why do you think it's political? I don't think it's political. I don't think the movie is political. I'm saying the politics of the time were so different. Um, like that if this movie had come out, if Disney put this movie out today, there is no way there wouldn't be a lot of backlash. This movie would get a ton of hate, um, for just the themes that are in it. I mean, they did do a live action Disney remake of it and a sequel to that live action Disney remake of it. Yeah. Told from the opposite perspective. I'm I'm hearing voices and it's scaring me, Andrew. Yeah, somebody just screamed. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, those those movies were told from the opposite perspective, right? You're talking about Maleficent. Yeah, they're told from Maleficent's point of view, and the range marriage is kind of not as much. But honestly, I don't see it as a story about Aurora as much as it's a story about these three women trying to raise a daughter and fucking it up so badly. One job and they messed it all up. Yeah, I guess. There's also the the other element of it that I would say is a little bit um, politically dated is basically the focusing on only the royalty as um, the only people who really matter. 
like something bad happens to the king's daughter let's put the entire castle to sleep because the only thing that matters is the king uh and none of these other people have lives that matter all they care about is the king's daughter coming back that's all they give a shit about it's like it's a little weird (laughs) (laughs) can we talk about the music for a second absolutely the music is fantastic yes Um, that is the best score to any disney film it is really 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 good um which it it is tchaikovsky so i guess it makes sense yes and someone recently asked me if there was a disney animated film that i had adapted into a stage show what would it be and i said sleeping beauty except add a few more tchaikovsky pieces and then turn into a ballet yeah, so just do the ballet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the ballet with words, because I do I do like the lyrics that they wrote for this. I think Once Upon a Dream might be the best Disney song. Oh, I wasn't even going to go that far, but now... Why do you say that? I can't think of one that's better. Hellfire? <laughs> I mean, that's good. I don't know if it's as good as Once Upon a Dream, though. Once Upon a Dream is so... It's, like, really catchy, but it's not like a pop song. Like, I, I, mean, I will just sing now. this out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, I guess technically it's a pop song in that it's popular, but it's not a pop song. It's not written as a pop chord progression in pop melody, but it's super catchy and great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I would never, I mean, not never, but I wouldn't be like singing Hellfire to myself uh ever whereas i do that once all upon the a dream, fucking time <laughs> once upon a dream pops in my head all the fucking time it's really catchy i i agree but i can't say that it's like the best song of all time i really it's not the like, best song of all time it's the best disney song of all time you're welcome still exists though <laughs> you're welcome is a pop song and sounds like a pop song and once upon a dream blows it out of the fucking water i don't care way better when I'm human from the princess and the frog still exists. Once upon a dream, way better. I don't care. You're wrong. Everyone agrees with me, Jess. All the comments in this video are like, yeah, he's right. There's no video, so you can't comment on this, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe you aren't right. Um, what about um, a little patch of heaven from Home on the Range, Andrew? Um... That's a good point. You gotta, you gotta, you have an argument there. Yeah, I knew I'd win this episode somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, what though, th- the the better song from Home on the Range is the one where the guy is, is singing uh, and hypnotizing all the uh, cows, and I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> do you <laughs> do you remember who played that guy? No, I don't. I'm pretty sure. I don't want to speak incorrectly, but I'm pretty sure it was Randy Quaid. All I can it say was, about that guy is it was, it, it, it was Randy Quaid. All I remember about that guy is he is like the most generic Disney villain ever. Like he looks exactly the same as the guy from Pocahontas. <laughs> They're two very different characters though, Andrew. Um Yeah, yeah. The guy You're from right. Pocahontas is coded gay whereas the guy from home on the rage is coded to southern everyone in that movie is southern yeah but they're not coded is... southern they're actually southern no he is coded <laughs> southern oh okay coded southern do you know what happened to randy quaid 
I don't know what happened to Randy Quaid. Um, he's currently on the run from the government in Canada. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Is he like is he like the real version of his character from like the vacation movies? No, because his character from the vacation movies like was lovable and nice, and he's just like antagonistic and mean. He like. <laughs> Recorded a video of him having sex with his girlfriend while she wore a Rupert Murdoch mask and quoting Independence Day. Uh huh. Okay. Why? Andrew, I I can't tell you why. Or else you'll be in trouble with the government. I I mean I just don't understand it. <laughs> That's fair. Like it all started in 2006 when Quaid was in Brokeback Mountain. And he sued the producers for misrepresenting the film as a low-budget art house film with no prospect of making money. How should they have represented it? I don't know, but he like saw it became a huge hit somehow. And then in 2009, he and his wife were arrested for allegedly defrauding at an innkeeper in Santa Barbara by using an invalid credit card to pay a $10,000 bill. This guy is just all over the place, isn't he? And then he was charged in 2010 for burglary after they spent five days occupying the guest house of a vacant home they were one stone in Santa Barbara. And then they claimed that the home was wrongfully transferred to a third party by the use of forged signature. Warrants for their arrest were issued, and after they have failed to appear in court, as a result, they also forfeited their bail. In October of 2010, he and his wife moved to Vancouver, Canada, where they sought asylum protections under the Canadian Immigration and Refugee Protection Act, stating that they feared for their lives in the United States. <laughs> you mean that they want to arrest you in the United States? <laughs> Um, Jesus and Christ, as, what a as far as we person. know, he's still there now. Has he been in any movies after that? Um, <laughs> not that I know of. Yeah. That's too bad, we lost a great talent. <laughs> Do you remember when he was on <laughs> SNL? No, I don't. Um, he was on SNL at the same time that Robert Downey Jr. was on SNL? Oh, I don't remember that either. I don't watch SNL, really. Um, he had... <laughs> I only know this because Robert Downey Jr. had literally the most unwatchable SNL skit I have ever seen, and you know how bad SNL can be. SNL can be very bad, so this has to be terrible. It was or maybe it's just an average one. They rolled him out in a suitcase, like his head sticking out of the top of a suitcase, and he just gave an insane monologue outside of a suitcase, and occasionally Randy Quaid would come in and hit him. That was the skit? That was the skit. Good God, that's awful. What's it called? Um, Robert Downey Jr. I gotta, monologue. I gotta check this out. I gotta check this out. All right, um, just let's talk about Sleeping Robert Beauty first. <laughs> <laughs> just type in uh, Robert Downey Jr. monologue. Mo no, suitcase monologue. Oh, suitcase monologue, pardon me. Otherwise, we might get some uh, deleted scenes from the Avengers movies. <laughs> he was on SNL for only a year, and he was 20 years old. Yeah, what a great talent. <laughs> it's too bad he died at the hands of Thanos. <laughs> His name was Suitcase Boy, I guess? Oh, God. Uh, I remember right. it used to be on YouTube, but like YouTube, like the SNL YouTube official, and then they took it down because it was just so bad. Oh my god. 
<laughs> Sorry, guys. I know you're really looking forward to the commentary about Sleeping Beauty, but... Okay. So, the animation? Let's talk about that, I guess. The music is great. We both agree on that. Animation, also great. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it, it looks gorgeous. Like, the 70 millimeter footage looks incredible. It looks really good, and there's not nearly as many uh, times where they're obviously just repeating animation um, as, like, some of the other early Disney stuff, so I appreciate or, that. And there was none of those, like, ugly line, like, uh, like mostly known in, like, 101 Dalmatians and Robin Hood, you can kind of see the ugly lines around it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it looks considerably better than earlier Disney stuff. Um... I think that's that's about all the praise I have for the movie, though, because everything else is just kind of bland and a little boring at times. What would you say um, was the plot of this, like, from your point of view? Um, the king and queen have a baby girl, and they're really happy about it, uh, and they throw a big party. Um, but they forget to invite someone. Well, they don't forget to invite her. She does not want it. <laughs> um but they invite the three fairies who give blessings um and then this queen is she a queen just witch i guess evil witch who is evil lady with powers evil witch named Malif Malis Maleficent i can't even pronounce Maleficent her name. you Maleficent. fucking cuck Oh my goodness. Well, her name starts with Mal, so you know she's evil. Um, Just like the character from Inception. Very true. Uh, anybody named Malcolm, I, I automatically assume is evil, because Mal is bad. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Maleficent curses the baby to die at before 16. Not at 16, before 16. Um... And then the plot is basically that the three fairies take the baby and raise her in the woods um, until she's 16, I guess to prevent her from dying to the uh, finger prick from a spinning wheel. Um, though that fails because they bring her back. I don't understand why they bring her back on her 16th birthday instead of waiting until afterwards. But yeah, just they bring her back on her 16th birthday. It doesn't really make sense. It's Why not just stupid. wait till the next day? <laughs> Why not just wait one day uh, and bring her back the next day? But whatever. They bring her back that day, um, which basically gives her enough time to fulfill the curse, um, putting her to sleep. Uh, and then the fairies have to save her true love, which is a prince that she met one time in the woods. But okay. also met in her dreams, so it's true love. Um, and and then, he 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 was quick to pull that on her too. Like you you said it yourself, we met in a dream. This is fine. Yep. I mean, hey Andrew, do you got any New Year's resolutions? Well, I've been trying to bulk up a little bit. I think I might be hitting the gym. I don't know. What about you? I just know for a fact, or there's only one place you should be looking at to get a high-protein, good-calorie diet, and that's Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. 
Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and the cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted dietitian-approved meals delivered, where, Andrew? Right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, and of course, protein first, which is just what you're looking for, right, Andrew? Oh, absolutely. And I really appreciate how you forced the pun in even more this month than the last one. Well, I don't know if there's any facts or fiction here, but it sounds like we got a lot coming up. Um, forget the frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factors two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up with fast restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, where, Andrew? Right to your door. Uh, to my door, absolutely, yep. I mean, that is where I want them. But it's not just, like, quick and easy solutions. They're also a great special occasion meal. I know you and your girlfriend don't go out to restaurants as much. Imagine having just a restaurant coming to you and you having date night right at home. You know, she'd really appreciate that once in a while, I think. But not only do they offer fast, simple solutions when you're too busy to cook, they will also help you stay on top of those goals to bulk up, Andrew. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, you can stay on track. And you know what? That's going to get pretty handy in your New Year goals. Am I right, Andrew? You know, it is sounding pretty good, but where would I go to get this? Well, you would head to factormeals.com slash musicals50 and use code musicals50 to get 50% off. That code, musicals50, at factorsmeal.com slash musicals50 to get 50% off. I mean, by the end of this year, thanks to Factor, you're going to be ripped. You're going to be looking like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. They're going to call him Dwayne The Pebble Johnson next to you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. Maybe I'll get to be in Moana 2. You'll, you'll be in Moana 3 and 4, thanks to Factor. <laughs> so go to factormeals.com, kids, and get your 50% off deal. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Andrew, do you got any New Year's resolutions? Well, I've been trying to bulk up a little bit. I think I might be hitting the gym. I don't know. What about you? I just know for a fact, or there's only one place you should be looking at to get a high-protein, good-calorie diet, and that's Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, and the cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted dietitian-approved meals delivered, where, Andrew? Right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, and of course, protein first, which is just what you're looking for, right, Andrew? 
Oh, absolutely. And I really appreciate how you forced the pun in even more this month than the last one. Well, I don't know if there's any facts or fiction here, but it sounds like we got a lot coming up. Um, forget the frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factors two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the New York. Fuel up with fast restaurant-quality meals, all delivered, where, Andrew? Right to your door. Uh, to my door, absolutely, yep. I mean, that is where I want them. But it's not just, like, quick and easy solutions. They're also a great special occasion meal. I know you and your girlfriend don't go out to restaurants as much. Imagine having just a restaurant coming to you and you having date night right at home. You know, she'd really appreciate that once in a while, I think. But not only do they offer fast, simple solutions when you're too busy to cook, they will also help you stay on top of those goals to bulk up, Andrew. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, you can stay on track. And you know what? That's going to get pretty handy in your New Year goals. Am I right, Andrew? You know, it is sounding pretty good, but where would I go to get this? Well, you would head to factormeals.com slash musicals50 and use code musicals50 to get 50% off. That code musicals50 at factorsmeal.com slash musicals50 to get 50% off. I mean, by the end of this year, thanks to Factor, you're going to be ripped. You're going to be looking like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. They're going to call him Dwayne The Pebble Johnson next to you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that. Maybe I'll get to be in Moana, too. You'll, you'll be in Moana 3 and 4, thanks to Factor. <laughs> so, go to factormeals.com, kids, and get your 50% off deal. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Yeah, there you, it works out easy. And then... Philip has to kill Maleficent, with, who is a dragon, and he does, and then all is well. The end. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is uh, maybe a, what, a three-minute synopsis, and that happens over an hour and 15 minutes, so. It's it's a short movie. Like, even by Disney I'm scene, very it's, it's a pretty short movie. I'm very glad it's a movie. short movie, though. It's honestly, the reason I don't, I don't think I dislike this movie other than that the animation and the music just bring everything up by a, a huge amount, is just how short it is. Like, I don't know. You can't really be that bored by a movie that's only an hour long. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, the only part of the film I really actively enjoyed was Maleficent just reading poetry, which is just, her voice is so nice to listen to, and the scrum She's song. She's the best part. The scrump song between um, the king and Prince Philip's dad. Yes. Oh, and uh, him using a fish as a sword. And then after they stop fighting, uh, he puts the fish into a holster <laughs> on his belt. Like, That's like the best visual gag in the whole thing. <laughs> you know me. Usually I'm down for like the serious stuff. And not a big fan of cheese. That was just pure cheese. I was like, it's just lay it on me. Don't drizzle this shit all over my face. It was the best part, like, because all the serious stuff in this is so paper thin, because it's just like, oh, it's a romance between two people who have never met, <laughs> and, 
oh, this guy's gonna kill a dragon with some magic stuff that he just received. Like, there's no build-up to any of this stuff. It just kind of happens. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, the best parts of it are just the songs and the cheese. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say about this film. <laughs> I can see why it flopped, is the weird thing to say. Really? Yeah. I would have thought that this would be at least mildly successful, but I guess even like even back then, little girls didn't want to just be uh, a sleeping beauty. They probably wanted to have some sort of active role. <laughs> I mean, here's how I'm envisioning the story from my point of view as Prince Philip. Okay. I meet this girl in the woods. Well, no, technically, I meet this baby, and I'm told I'm going to marry her, and I make a weird face that is very <laughs> gift-worthy. <laughs> yeah, I want to marry like, this uh... baby. <laughs> like, am I the only one that sees the wrong thing here? Yeah. Either way, many years later, I run into her in the woods, and she's like, I will never see you again. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I'm like, the fuck was that? And then you also suddenly, don't know it's her. Yeah, I don't know it's that you baby, but man, that that baby got fuckable, man. Yeah, but then he goes to her house and is kidnapped by an evil queen or evil witch or I don't even know what she is. Evil she has lady with castle. magic, green faced evil, evil lady, lady with, with magic. magic. Yes. Kidnapped by that, and then some random fairies show up that save me and give me a sword, and I have to go and kiss a princess. Apparently, without and the her princess consent, is the girl. Yeah, and the princess is also the baby that I met a long time ago, um, and also the lady I met in the woods. So they're all the same. They're all the same, I guess. Then bam, marriage. I didn't ask for this. Yeah. And uh, as Kronk would say, oh yeah, it's all coming together. <laughs> you know, this, imagine, alright, can we please remake this? Except instead of the three fairies, we got one fairy, and it's Kronk. Oh, sh holy shit, that's a great idea, actually. Actually, you know like, what would be a really good Disney Plus series? Like, this is an actual what? pitch. Like, if they just took yeah, yeah. all their classic films and they just replace one of the, like, co-leads with Kronk and just see how the story changes. I, actually, I would know like Patrick to see Warburton it more, would be down. I want it more not just replace. He's, he's, like, actively meddling with all the plots somehow. I want it, like, Kronk, Kronk lovemaker, you know? Like, he's, like, setting these cup, these famous Disney couples up. Like, so he just shows up in different plots, and he's like, I gotta get this to work, you know? I can't do a Patrick Warburton, but... Wow, I... I yeah, it's all coming together. It's all coming together. <laughs> I think it, and, I think that'd be great. Well, But, like, then he's, like, in things like Lilo and Stitch, and he's like, uh, that's, that's not like any dog I've seen. <laughs> Your Patrick Warburton is even worse than mine, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about uh, how this movie's merchandised? No. Because <laughs> basically, all I want to talk about there is the live-action remakes we got. Well, we're going to talk about those, aren't we, eventually? They're I've not never on seen Disney them. Plus as of now. 
Are you serious? I don't well, think I any live action to talk re- about them then. I don't think any live action remakes have been posted onto Disney Plus. That surprises me because that isn't that, that was what surprising. Disney's kind of pushing right now. Right, I wanted to watch the god awful Lion King remake, but no, they don't have it. God damn. Well, we'll talk about it when they put it on there. I mean, they're gonna put it on there, right? Eventually. I mean, the only live action remake they have on there. Oh wait, no, I lied. Maleficent's on there. Well, we can talk about oh, that okay. later. Um, but. They also have well, the Lady and Tramp remake. I saw that in theaters, and the only thing I remember is that Aurora says, I want to sit out here in the woods and eat black nuts, and I laughed in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> is that really all you wanted to say? <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to say about that movie? It's dull and uninteresting. There's a rape allegory that is relatively well done. I don't understand how you make Maleficent the good guy. She she got raped Ever. by the by the king Stefan, and then she wants okay, so revenge. So basically, you make Maleficent the good guy by making the good guy the bad guy. Um, you make her the yeah. Basically, she was in love with Queen, King Stefan, and then he raped her. He raped her, Andrew. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty fucked up, but that's not mentioned at all in Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> yeah, he's just out there like scrumping it up. I don't know. I what I like when is uh when you do like a twist uh by actually using stuff that is in the movie to be like, "Hey, this actually points to her being the good guy." But what there's do you really nothing the- in Sleeping Beauty that could possibly point to her being the good guy. <laughs> I have a lot of issues with Maleficent because I feel like they're trying to do Wicked and it's going to make it even cheaper whenever that Wicked movie eventually does come out. Um I think Winkit is is another bad example of how to do the bad guy is the good guy. Oh, thing why? I think we we talked about it, but it's just they just create a, a completely new story out of thin air, and then say, "Oh, this is actually this is what really happened," but it's like it doesn't have any relation. Like in in Wicked, especially, they cut the entire Wizard of Oz actual the movie. <laughs> so like, well, it's bizarre. they just don't show it. They don't cut it. Yeah, but it they're happens. Basically, they're basically not using any cues from the movie to say, "Hey, this is why she's actually a good uh, the good guy." They're just creating a new story and then tacking it on to the movie and saying, "Yeah, this this actually happened." Have you ever seen it done well, is my question. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Star Kids uh, uh, Twisted, Twisted is the best example. But yeah. it makes stuff up that didn't didn't happen either. The thing is, that one is also kind of a parody. Um, but it does actually go through the Aladdin movie and legitimately go through each scene that happens and be like, hey, this is what he was actually doing. And then they use stuff that did happen in the movie, like... Uh, Whatever he would like vanish and they'd say, oh, he's a sorcerer. Uh, it's explained in the play like, oh, no, he's not. He's just using, uh, you know, common uh, things to create smoke, <laughs> you know? So like it is using stuff that's in the movie. It's not just saying it's not just creating a different story and then saying, yeah, tack that onto the movie there. But do you ever <laughs> worry it could be more like become a little samey? No. You don't think so? I think, I think they should I'm... stop. I think they should stop doing it for one thing. I, I think the have you seen Lion King one and a half? Uh, I have. Yes. Do you think that, that does it well? 
having was did that movie have scar be the good guy i don't remember that it didn't have him be the good guy but it changes like the backstory and goes through the entire movie and be like oh what you didn't see i remember that being more about simone and pumbaa yeah it was um i feel like scar is very easily defensible i mean he's evil only in that he overthrows the king and i mean it's it's a lion king so he's definitely killing all his subjects so it's it's pretty pretty defensible to you know get rid of a tyrant like that i'm gonna what kind be of king? a mighty king so enemies beware i'm gonna kill and eat my subjects uh <laughs> see y'all best run away all right I think I ran out of steam there. So, Andrew, what do you think Walt Disney would have thought of this? Well, we we already know what he thought of it. He was disappointed and therefore didn't adapt any more fairy tales until long after he was dead. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we need to do the what would Walt think about the movies that were created when Walt was alive. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> we, we know do. what Walt thought. We already know what Walt thought. He didn't he didn't think it did well enough, so he stopped making them. <laughs> He's like, yeah. yep, no more fairy tales. Nope, not touching that shit again. Fuck you. Not not touching that shit again. All um, right. So what is your overall thoughts on Sleeping Beauty and your cheese rating? Um my overall thoughts, the music is great, the animation is great, the story sucks, um but it's mercifully short. <laughs> Melissa Finn is is great. And honestly, I don't hate the fairies. I think they're okay. And I don't hate the honestly, I don't hate the kings either. It's literally just like the the lead couple sucks. <laughs> they needed a secondary couple in there. Yeah. They needed characters. And they had characters. They just needed those characters to be the focus of the story and not Sleeping Beauty be the focus of the story, because she sucks and doesn't do anything. And Philip sucks and doesn't do anything. Why why are the movie why is the movie about them? <laughs> because they're pretty. They're the breeding pair. Yeah. All right. Um a cheese rating. Oh man, I don't even I don't know what to give this. I mean, let's let's think here. I mean, it's really well crafted and it's trash. But it's not bad cuz it's short. You know, I'm gonna give it string cheese because I know it's not the greatest, but I still really enjoy it. In on um, some level, can I go? Yeah, go ahead. I think the film is good. I think the 70 millimeter printing of it looks incredible. Like even just on my like 4K TV, I can see the difference from something like such as Snow yeah. White. Like it I will say looks... that the Disney Plus on Disney Plus it looks really good too. Like the mm-hmm. version they have up there looks really good. Yeah, and that's one thing I can say about Disney Plus. Like, there's, I love the fact that they had the special features from the DVDs, and I love the upgraded like visual content. Like, they give us the highest quality version of all these films. So, I honestly yeah. cannot give this anything aside from Sleeping Beauty cheese from Cascadia Creamery. I mean, that's the most literal cheese rating you could possibly give it. So, I can't disagree. <laughs> I mean, when something's that perfect, you don't say no to it. Yeah. Okay, do you... Your overall thoughts, I mean, you talked about Disney Plus and stuff. Do you, would you recommend people watch this if they haven't seen it? 
I mean, I think Maleficent looks cool, so yeah. And the Tchaikovsky music is great. I'm so glad they got the old man chorus of Disney to sing the songs of it. I hate the old man chorus of Disney, I'm not gonna lie. It used to- that used to scare me as a child. Return to Oz didn't scare me, it was the old dead voices that came out of these old Disney movies that terrified me as a kid. Yeah, they all have the same sound. All those movies, because yeah. they, they use the same chorus, so... Makes sense. Yeah, I hate it in Peter Pan, I hate it in this, I hate it in Snow White. Just, just have a character sing, don't have a group of disembodied voices sing. Disembodied dead men. Yeah. Uh, I would say that I also recommend watching this, just because it looks really nice. Watch it on Disney+, Plus. it looks great. Um, yeah, and but don't pay too much attention to it. It's also only an hour long, so it's not going to waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> it's an easy watch, it's fun, um, but don't expect too much. Don't expect, like, the best of Disney. Like, even compared to Snow White, I'd still say that Snow White's better. Um, yeah. But Once Upon a Dream, one of the best Disney songs. One of the best, I'll agree, but not the best. The best. <laughs> Is this another <laughs> someone in a tree debate we're going to get into? It's the best one. <sighs> All, right. All right. Thank, thank you, you guys for listening. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher at Disney Plus Cheese. Our Twitter is Cheesy Disney. Um, please go subscribe to our YouTube page, Disney, our Musicals with Cheese. Our title card is created by the incredible Jolene Casco. Go send her some love on Instagram at Jolene Casco. Um, could you please leave us some reviews on iTunes? Like, we're, we're, we're just starting out. We need some love. Just, just give us some love. We, we need some love, please. We love you guys. Thank you for checking out our new show. And yeah. thank you for watching our old show. Yes, I'm gonna impregnate your mom. See you next time on Disney Plus Cheese. What? <laughs> <laughs>